Welcome to the Tate Wheeler Podcast, a podcast about inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Let's do this. In life, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Today's guest is a father of five, a former collegiate wrestler and bull rider, a coach, a horse trainer, a successful entrepreneur, a sales manager, a small town country guy. We go back 18 years as we wrestled together at St. Cloud State University. Derek and I have been through everything from teammates, partners in crime, stubborn intramural basketball players who fought on the court. And the embarrassing thing there is we were on the same team. We were roommates. We were groomsmen in each other's wedding. We've supported each other through the trials and celebrations. From fatherhood to business ventures, we have always had each other's back. Today's podcast, we're going to focus on four areas. Fatherhood, faith, overcoming adversity, and toughness. Let's start with toughness. I think one thing that we've always respected about each other is toughness. From wrestling through broken ribs to torn ACLs, we've been able to push through almost anything with our toughness, maybe more like stubbornness. Speaking of that, back in 2008, you almost died in a freak bull riding accident. Take me back to that story and what happened. Yeah, so um, it was, uh, uh, I was uh, on the way back from a long extended road trip. Um, I had come back from Fort Worth, Texas, Denver, Colorado, Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, But it it was almost a month that I had been on the road and I was just kind of excited to get home and I really wanted to be home. Um, So I hit a small bull riding and I was broke, like most bull riders (laughs) typically are. And I got into a really bad wreck. I I was meeting heads with this bull and um, long story short, I flew off of him and kind of was knocked pretty goofy. Um, but the worst of it was I had taken a shot from his rib um, to the bottom of my stomach where my protective uh, vest didn't cover. So with that, I was I was bleeding internally to death. And thank God my wife, Megan, was there. One of the 4,000 times she saved my life, I'm sure of it. And uh, she took me to the hospital. My response was not to go to the hospital. It was to uh, get a hotel room and get some Dairy Queen and all will be well. But... <laughs> We went, we went to the hospital because uh, she made me, thank God. And um, they had me in the MRI machine. And uh, everybody, all the nurses and the doctors took off running down the hall. And I sat up in the MRI machine and asked them, was there a real bad accident that just came in? And they said, yeah, you, you're the bad accident. And told me I had to be flown to um, a trauma center, which ended up being North Memorial in, uh, in the Twin Cities which is one of the best uh, hospitals as far as trauma goes in the world, but it's also set in a pretty um, not so nice neighborhood. So I had a lot of people coming to visit me, which I, I should have been even more grateful for than I, than I was when I was laying in bed. Um, but uh, I had, you know, a lot of great friends coming. You came multiple times. My dad, my wife, you know, a lot of family members and friends showed up and my pastor came and um, you know, everybody that I would have wanted to see came and saw me in the, in the hospital. Um, and I had laid in that hospital for about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you had internal bleeding, like, I mean, I, the scar to this day, I mean, it's almost like a party trick for a while that you did. I mean, you have a <laughs> scar from your chest all the way below your belly button. They took out all your organs. I mean, you, I mean, I saw you, 
you know, you were hurting, like hurting bad. And I honestly, like that toughness piece, it though, like at one point you said like enough is enough. And even though you were in so much pain, I remember you're like, they told me I'd get out of here faster if I just stopped taking pain meds. And like, you just pushed through in that mix. But I know more than that though, I mean, the stubbornness, thank gosh, yes, Megan was there, but that did shift your mentality moving forward. And I, I mean, you were changed after that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, after I got a, it was a, basically a three month recovery process. I didn't go back to work until May 4th and I, that accident happened February 2nd. So, um, and I wasn't supposed to go back to work until August really. So I grabbed a racehorse wrap and wrapped it around my stomach and went back to tie and rebar, which, uh, isn't the easiest on your body. <laughs> so what, explain it's for, for a listener that doesn't know what tying rebar is. Explain what tying rebar is. Well, my boss got paid by the ton and that ton gets moved on human shoulders and bent over and tied <laughs> in place so you can pour and reinforce concrete. So that is a, is a, a pretty tough job. And that was a very, very difficult time. Every, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening remember 2008. Um, that was, you know, almost the height of, of the recession that we went through at that time. Um, so it was, it was a tough time and I really, really had to hustle to have a job every day. And I wanted to make damn sure I was out hustling everybody else that was on, on those job sites. And, and that was how I stayed busy. I wasn't tenured. Um, I didn't have seniority over anybody. Um, I had just come in and I, I literally ran every day, all day to make sure that I could try to get somewhat caught up on my bills. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost pissed your coworkers off because you were just outworking them, but it put you in a position to set your sam- family up for success. And I think you've carried that, I, I believe, mentality-wise, even into today's time, because obviously right now is an uncertain time in our world, specifically in America, in our country, uncertain time, there's adversity. And I think going through that adversity in a tough time financially in our nation, and we're, we're having another one of those times right now how are you able to stay optimistic in a time like now uh from from what you've learned in the past yeah a couple of things that i try to do especially right now um one is i try to get up and i try to move every day um fitness wasn't a real high priority for me for about 10 years and i've only come back to it about two or three years um i think we both know when i was playing intramural basketball i could have been in a little better shape (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Might have helped me play defense a little better, but I like to get up. I like to get moving. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I think is crucial in a time like this. And the other thing that I think is very, very crucial is not to feed into the negativity. Um, you can let that consume your life in a, in a day-to-day world like this. And, and in, in my world and in your world, sales is, is everything to us. And right now we're getting the opportunity to dig deeper with our customers um, and make more of a difference in, in a more of an impact in their business because we can service them in different ways and help them in, in different lines of business. Yeah, you and I both agree, and I, and I look at our relationship is our relationships in life grow at the speed of trust, and so many people are consumed with fear of how many customers are going to lose, how much I'm, how much business am I going to lose, and and that would have happened anyway. We This is an opportunity and you and I talked about this before, but it's it's a great time to focus on all the things we can control instead of the things that we cannot. And if we focus on 
on our connections, not only on a, on a personal level like your and mine and our families, but on a business level of really how can we best serve the people that we work with on a day-to-day. Not only are we going to come out of this stronger, but our relationships are going to be stronger. Would you agree? Oh, I would agree 100%. In, in the world of sales, uh, relationships are key. And you might not always be the, the, I always hate to say this word, but you might not be the cheapest guy in the market. And you might have to bring a lot of value to, to what you're carrying and what you're doing. And if you can help people through this time and what we do now, between now and the next, you know, what we've been doing for the previous three weeks and what we're going to do, continue to do for the next, hopefully not, you know, too terribly long, but next month or so, that's going to be key in how we come out of this. And the people that are positive and that are going on, they're willing to work and they're willing to use this time to, to better themselves and, and their company's standing, they're going to come out of this strong. And, and those are the people that I want on my team. Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And, and that almost leads, leads me right into another area that I feel like you and I have grown. Uh, I keep saying you and I because we're we we kind of have a, a mirror of each other and how we've grown. And that's why I was excited to have you on because I feel like part of our story is connected uh, in a lot of ways. And thankfully, a, a big part of our growth is because of our relationship together as, as, as great friends. And one area that, that I struggled with for a lot of years, and I know you can relate to, is my, my faith. I've always had faith, but for the last 30 years, I was wrestling with God because I, I as an athlete, uh, was always taught, never surrender, never submit, never give up, never quit. And I just always thought, well, I have faith, but I'm still going to do my plan. And that stubbornness took over. And I know I'm going to give you a chance to take this, take the mic in a second on this, but I realized that God's plan is greater than my plan. And when, and, and in this time, it's a great opportunity to lean in, into faith over fear. And I know that you have come a long way in your faith as well. And I'd love for you to share how that changes your perspective in this time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I sat in the back row, hid behind a pillar before we had our new church built for 12 years. I did it. Well, I sat upstairs for the first year, but there was a really annoying kid that just <laughs> ran around the whole time. So then I moved down downstairs and I hid behind a pillar. And uh, then I, we built a new church uh, in 2009, which we're, we're getting really close to paying, paying off our mortgage on that, which is pretty exciting for us and in, in our congregation. But um, in, in 2018, a church member had asked me and had said, hey, do you want to be on the board of trustees? And I said, what does the board of trustees do? And he says, they handle all the finances that come in and out of the church. And I said, I can't think of anything I'd rather not do. And he said, I'm going to put you down as a maybe. And, and here's when the meeting is. So you got to show up. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't show up. I was working. I, was, I, I remember specifically, I had a tree fall down at one of my rentals and I was back cutting it up. I got uh, a text from my pastor that said, congratulations, you're now on the board of trustees. <laughs> <laughs> so I got voluntold to be on the board of trustees. And, and then I got voluntold to be the chair of the board of trustees. So it's, it, it's been a different road than yours, I'd say. I, uh, I used to love to go and listen to my pastor, John Hanson, Peace Lutheran Church in Baldwin, Wisconsin. He, he does just a fantastic job, um, you know, and he's very, he's very innovative. Right now we've got drive-in sermons and, and we've got some neat stuff going on and it makes it fun to go to church and um, it makes it, it's fun to receive the message from a guy like that. And if, 
I'm not saying that if I didn't have my pastor in my life that I definitely wouldn't have God, but it sure does make a difference when you enjoy the people that you're around and you generally, generally, genuinely feel really good about what you're doing. 100%. 100%. Uh, that brings me into our, our next thing, which is fatherhood, right? So we talked about faith and fatherhood and you and I are admitted workaholics and we've always prided ourselves to a fault on our work, work ethic. I mean, part of the reason why you've continually had success in your career is because your work ethic. I just, you're a grinder. You, you always have been. But this time specifically, and your wife's in tax season right now, I know, uh, that got extended. <laughs> We're recording this on tax day, I think. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, it got extended. And, you know, you're a father of five. You have four girls and a baby boy. And this has been a reset button for you in your life. Talk to me about how you've spent this extra time as really, you know, committing to being a father and a husband. Um, so it, not, I, I hate to say it like this, but not a ton has changed during the day. I'm still plugging away probably eight to 10 hours a day. Um, the girls are doing fantastic. They're self-starters. They're motivated. They're doing their schoolwork. Um, we're printing them off what they're getting from their teachers and they're doing it on their own. They'll come up with questions. Um, so I'm home with three out of the five. The baby boy is wild and he's a tornado. So he has to go to daycare every day. <laughs> and then one of the other girls gets to pick and otherwise Amelia, our, our second youngest goes. So our girls have been doing great with their schoolwork. Um, I've been working. It's been really nice. I can uh, do the dishes, get dinner started and making Megan's life a ton easier. So um, being a stay-at-home dad and working and being able to see my kids throughout the day, is, it's been a blessing. It's, it's been fantastic. It's, you know, I'll, I'll, not that I spend a ton of nights in a hotel room, but to, to be home every night, to be home every day, it's, it's a very big change of pace. Um, we put wrestling mats up in the Haymow. We've got a little gym up there that the girls have been playing nonstop in. And, well, except for this week when it's so cold, but... Um, we're, we're heading up there. We're doing a lot of fun things outside. Um, it's nice because Megan's not in the kitchen until eight thirty nine o'clock at night. I'm not getting home at six, six thirty, and we're sitting down and the girls will watch little house on the prairie and me and Wiley will go crazy because he doesn't <laughs> watch TV and I don't care about little house on the prairie. So it's perfect. <laughs> uh, I didn't plan on going here and I, and I, I just know that it's a, a thing that changed you as a father and I just as, and not to go to a, a completely different level, but you you had a, you lost your father just a couple years ago, and that shifted you as a father. Like I saw you change. Talk about you know that that moment of bull riding that changed you. You know that was a big time. That tw- you know that tw- that was two thousand and eight, and then yep. you know your your growth in your faith in two thousand and nine, and getting more involved in the church over the last ten years, and then obviously fatherhood and adding a, a fifth child to your mix. But then right now, like, I mean, just think about this, this shift the last couple of years when, when I saw, you know, I was there, but you know, see, see you have to, to bury your father. That was a huge shift for you. Would you agree? Oh, that was the worst. That was, uh, you know, um, to lose your hero is, is probably, it's the worst day of your life. And with, so I guess the, the best way to describe it is now everything I do, I want to do to still make him proud, mm-hmm. to still 
still still make my dad proud and and <clears throat> being a better dad and and being a better husband is something that he would be be very very proud of um working working my family through tough situations like we're in right now staying positive not not beating everybody down um being upset about situations you know um you know let's let's be real honest commissions are the money that i'm making now isn't as great as it as it, it normally is at this time of the year but you know what i can li- we can live on this and and just having a, a positive outlook and knowing hey we're going to get through we got through 2008 we got through some tough times in 2011 we Megan and i have been through she's the most stu- you and i are stubborn there is no doubt and we're stubborn to a fault and she's she's just just she's right there so we're I don't want to call her stubborn because I don't want her to listen to that, but <laughs> we're all tough and we're all fighters and, you know, having the ability to wake up in the morning and knowing that my dad's proud of what I'm doing with my family, it, it goes a long way. And I didn't think about that much until he passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I've seen you change. I'm so proud of, I, I mean, I've been, we've been friends for a long time, but just to see with every adversity that you've faced in life, man, you've learned and you've grown. You've learned and you've grown amongst that stubbornness. And I just watch now and just think about, I, I mean, part of what what I see is your girls are amazing. Obviously, your your littlest one is, you know, just just getting it to his scrappy self. And I, he's going to be amazing, too. But, I mean, that's such a reflection of you and your wife and the change you've made and the commitment you've made to your family. Because as as somebody that we talked about earlier, that's a workaholic. Sometimes we don't prioritize that family time. And I, I think this has been a refreshing shift to just make sure this is a reset. There's, there's a silver lining here for all of us in life to, to look at this situation differently and focusing on our health and our family and our faith. I couldn't agree more. I, I really, I couldn't. It's you're a hundred percent right. When you say the reset button and when also when you said workaholics, I, I mean I'm I'm not too proud to say I'm an aholic. Whatever I get into, I am I'm into it. If I'm if if it's work, I'm gonna go 110. percent If it's CrossFit, I'm gonna go till I can't walk anymore, which happens. And you know if it's wrestling, I'm I'm gonna open a gym. I, I love it. You know, I, I had a tough time with wrestling with the way things uh, with the way I left things. It's nobody's fault but my own. At my career didn't end. I didn't win a national championship. I didn't, wasn't even an all American, um, you know, and I left with a year of eligibility left. And so I was really upset about the way things ended. And I, I walked away from the sport for a few years. My high school head coach needed me to come back to it. And, and now we're back and, and here we are, you know, full, full circle. And I can't wait to help kids out with our, our school and, and our wrestling club in River Falls that we're reopening. And it's just everything that we get into, we don't kind of go in. We're, you and I are the same. We're, we're, we're in. It, I mean, there's no, there's no 70%, 50%. It's, it's all or nothing. Yeah. What, what's that quote that you always say that you love? Uh, you don't, I, I said at the beginning, you don't get what you wish for, you work for, but you have a couple quotes that I know you always just stick with. Yeah, no, I see. You get what you put in mm-hmm. and, and people get what they deserve. And you don't don't have to always say the second part of it, but I kind of like that. It's, it's, I think it's fitting. And the other, the other one that I really, really like is from Eric Thomas. And it's, uh, uh, 
if as soon as you want it, as bad as you want to breathe, then you know, then you know where you're at. Then mm-hmm. you know how you want it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm thankful that we just haven't wanted the the work thing, and we've shifted to wanting to be the best husband, the best fathers you know, men of God. I mean, that's a big shift. I think this would be a fun time to to flip the script. You know me super well. Uh, and I, I've, I've dived into bits and pieces, but tell the audience, flip it on me, uh, a story that, that they, that you'd like to share about either our relationship or just something about me so that, that the audience can hear. Perfect. I, I don't know where you're going to go with this. So I'm nervous. <laughs> three, three quick hitters for this. Oh gosh. Uh, the first one is uh, the first time I met you, I said, I don't remember exactly. I think uh, Dan Duke, another teammate of ours in college was with, and I said, that's the cockiest kid I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I have zero time for him. Then a week later, I was like, hey, man, you want to come over? You got, this guy seems all right. Boy, he really works hard. He's, <laughs> he's really going after it in his workouts. And this was preseason stuff. And oh. then, um, you know, you you wrestled through that torn ACL and wouldn't stop wrestling. And that was when I was like, all right, this guy's got my heart. He's tougher than nails. <laughs> that was that was story one for your listeners of how, how oh. we got we got we met because I'm all country and <laughs> I didn't even rap music was until I met team. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, <man>. story two <clears throat> I had bought a house in two thousand and six, the cheapest, crappiest, most rundown house you could ever buy. And I call it home still to this day. We've added on and it's it's great. It's it's fantastic now, but I didn't have any uh, any money to really do any remodeling, and it had asphalt shingles and lath and plaster walls, and it was ugly. It was horrendous. It was. And, um, and when Tate had graduated from St. Cloud, he didn't have a lot of lot of options or didn't know where he was going to go, so he came down and um, he lived with me and helped me fix that old house up, and we had we had a great time, um, and we we did a lot of a lot of good, good things together. And I think that's, that was one of the spots when we started to grow together and, and really figure out, Hey, this is true friendship. This isn't just uh, Thursday night, go out and drink beer and mm-hmm. talk to this is, this is a true friendship. And so the, the times that we had there, I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah. And last, last story I had, I, I contemplated on telling it because I, I hope I can get through it. But I don't think anybody really needs to know what it was like growing up for you and me, but it was just, it was very, very similar. Mm-hmm. We have a lot, but we had what we needed is maybe the best way to say it. And I've had some pretty good, some pretty deep conversations with you. And I just want your listeners to know that everything that you say, you've lived it and, and you've come up through it. And I couldn't be more proud of the guy you are now and the father you are now. So, hey, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time holding back a tear as, as you say that, because that's what I love about I, I felt like I was interviewing a, a, like a part of myself because we've grown in that way. And I can uh, reflect every one of those same sentiments to you as as a great friend, as a person, as a father, um, as one of my closest people in life. And I know that you know, I said, I said earlier, it's like our relationships in life grow at the speed of trust. And I, I came in as a cocky city kid, you know, <laughs> that you didn't want time of day with. And it, it only took us about a week to, for me to realize that, that it took really, I had the work ethic, but I needed to humble myself and the rest is history. And because we've learned and we've grown and 
we've made mistakes. And uh, the, the, I think the key thing is there is that all of those mistakes and failures and challenges in life is, have made us stronger. It's grown our bond stronger and uh, blessed to call you one of my closest friends in life, a brother to me. And uh, I appreciate you sharing your story on the podcast, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a five-star review. Hit the subscribe button and share it with a friend. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon.